Welcome Built for the Sea to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. Formed over 10 years ago in the Bay Area, this band has more history than we have time to list here. They are signed to Tom Morello's label, Firebrand Records, and their music has been featured in shows like Bones, Catfish, The Sinner, The Royals, and more. Tonight, we'll get to know the people behind the music, and later, they will play that very music. Please welcome to the program, Built for the Sea. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks A hearty welcome. (laughs) I think a fascinating thing about this band are the different songwriting philosophies of the principal songwriters, as uh, Leah and Daniel. Uh, as Daniel put it to me, this is an ongoing conversation and uh, really the only real struggle we have, however small. Could you go into that a little bit, just to kind of provide some background on that? Yeah, go, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're going to fire the first shot, <laughs> yeah. and then she'll fire back. Yeah. I don't think there's, a sh- there's not a shot. I think we... Um <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. We, <laughs> we, we appreciate different uh, approaches to music. Um, when I hear uh, lyrics that are heavy, um, it turns me off. So I, just, I think when we started the band, we just had a kind of a compromise um, to try and... Well, that's the compromise we make. Like, try and make them a little more abstract... Um, I personally like lyrics like she I would never try and stop her from writing what she wants to write about but it's about um, making those lyrics abstract so they can apply to anyone or anyone that can relate to them they don't have to you know specifically be aligned with like anybody's um, political ideals to like listen to music so that that's important to me but I don't think we've had a problem so far have we no no I think that we're we're currently creating problems <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, that's not the intention I'm just but what fun it would be to watch a band break up in front of our very eyes um what? <laughs> I, 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 what, what i read from your email it's just a fun joke between friends uh what i read from your note was that you you were kind of more focused on creating the atmosphere you're you're like creating the mood the mode like that's kind of what inspires you as a songwriter Whereas Leah, you have a, a background w- which makes you kind of go more activist sometimes. You, you want to like get a message across, sometimes a direct message across. And so w- what this band produces is where you meet and compromise and uh, mold both those worlds. Would you say that's a, a good way to put it? Yeah. What would you say uh, your, in your own words, like your instinct as a songwriter is? Would you say that I uh, captured that philosophy? Well... For some of the songs, yeah. So, so I started out writing songs. Oh, this is actually I have to dig deep. Um, when I first started writing songs, I would say it was from a psychology place, from processing just the stuff of my life. When I was fifteen, I wrote my first song, and it was about, my dad had left, like everybody else's, uh, when I was two, and I was processing it, and I wrote a song about it. And it helped me. It really, truly helped me. And then when I performed it for other people, they connected to it in different ways, really interesting ways that I never would have thought. 
and it was cool and it seemed to help them and I didn't at 15 I didn't really understand the power of music and the power of that connection and and that but as I got older I started to understand that more and yeah I think that the more I learned about the different injustices in the world and just the oppression and stuff I I started to get motivated to write about that and it helped me process it and um I would say a good chunk of my songs for a long time were just processing my own stuff so very psychology right personal psychology which intersects with all sorts of politics too and sociology but then in my early 20s I probably started to intentionally write to get a message across or to you know to deal with a particular sociology or political issue or something do you feel like you've left behind the idea of using it as a psychological tool to process things? No. And in, and sometimes, I mean, I think probably the best or most organic songs that I've ever written are when I'm going through some crazy stuff and a song just pours out and it helps me feel better. And it it's just a... It's amazing to. how much you're willing to put into a song that something's mm-hmm. heavy going inside you. And uh, a month later, you find yourself performing that in front of 60 strangers. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a catharsis for them as well. Mm. That's uh, nice to hear and to remember because there's honestly times in my life where I've been like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to write this song. I don't want like I don't want to go through this. It's so emotional. And then having to perform it again and relive it over and over and over. Like there's certain ones where I'm like, please just leave me alone. Um, Yeah. Well, when we've been recording, I hope this isn't too personal, but she gets in a place where she has to turn off the lights and like tears actually come when she's singing some of the songs. So the soul laid bare. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's kind of how you get really great performance probably. Yeah, it's, it's it's not always fun, you know. <laughs> and that's kind of how I always felt because I can I can easily or my skill is about creating an atmosphere with the songs, and I've I've sung in bands, but I've never been able to, like communicate like, like Leah does, so there's a kind of need for her like we kind of need each other in that way, like I, I can't, no one's gonna listen to basically I would write movie soundtracks without her. And Leah, I think your personal background in music and the intended area you had of graduate study are important to understand what kind of drives you as an artist. Um, I read online that you were going to go one path in life in terms of how your studies, and then music sort of presented itself as something you wanted to explore. Could you kind of go into that a little bit? Uh, sure. So I learned about, well, I went to UC Berkeley it, at a time when there was a lot of uh, social justice issues and anti-war protests going on, and I joined up on all of them. I was all in. You had um, a shaved head? 100%. I did have a shaved head. Uh, I, I learned, it's, it's interesting. I, I learned about, it shows you the privilege that I come from, which isn't like outrageous, but it's enough to, um, to see that like my first introduction to real injustice was with animal rights, which I still am very passionate about animal rights, but like 
as I went to Berkeley and learned about racism and classism and sexism and homophobia and heterosexism and all these injustices, I, I started to realize, oh, there's a lot more there's there's so many problems in the world and the way we as a society mistreat animals systematically is is a problem but there's also all these other issues the way we systematically mistreat people of color and women and all you know all sorts of things so i started to connect the dots and plan to go to graduate school to study um with Angela Davis actually at UC Santa Cruz. It was gonna be amazing. I got my letters of rec and my GR, my G, what is it, GRE? GRE. Yeah, so long ago. <laughs> and um, and then I, yeah, I joined a band. But then? And then, I well then I, I had this opportunity um, to do music. I, I hadn't really performed out much, but I started to perform as a, a part of this women's empowerment class at Berkeley. Um, and I got all this encouragement and I thought, well, I can, I can always go back to school, you know, why not try music? It felt like something was in there that wanted to come out. And at the same time, you know, I had artists like Ani DeFranco who were inspiring me. Like you can reach a lot of people and have quite an impact with these sort of ideas <laughs> with music. And, I, you know, I, I wasn't writing political songs at the time, but I thought maybe I can help get people interested and then pass them off to Ani DeFranco for some real, <laughs> you know, political stuff. I, I didn't really know, but but I definitely felt like there was a, a space for it, for at least trying music. And I, I honestly didn't think there was anything special about my voice. I knew I could sing. I knew that people like to listen to it, but I felt like I could mimic like oh I could do Fiona Apple or I could do Jewel or I could do but I didn't really think there was anything unique or special about my voice just that I could hit the notes and that kind of thing and it wasn't for many years that actually until around the time of Built for the Sea that I really started to realize like oh <laughs> there's people do find something unique about my voice so sweet <laughs> yeah and, and yet you guys are on Firebrand Records Right. which is a label formed by Ryan Harvey and Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine, and it's known for having a roster of activist bands. Right. Daniel, you feel that you're not necessarily in the same <laughs> category as activist bands, but it works because of what your intent is. Could you go into detail on that a little bit? Um, let's see. Well, I don't... If you watch the other bands in our label, there. I mean, there's a folk musician who is super powerful and he can fit entire stories in a folk song and histories, yeah. histories. and there's <laughs> a hip-hop artist who just has extremely powerful lyrics and songs and you know we watched him once and I was totally blown away it can be done really well um, I feel like our the type of music we make is limited in that you know it's so atmospheric and the, the um, it's more about the melody and not all of the lyrics you can fit in um, so I think that's what differentiates it, but it, it communicates the same basic messages, you know, so in that way it fits. Yeah. You'd said positivity and, uh, themes of positivity and themes of change are in there. Yeah. So in that way it fits. Right. Yeah. What would you say your most overtly political song is? Oh man, this totally backfired. Cause I mentioned it 
that I didn't want to talk about it. And then we don't have to talk. We talk. Well, no, I'm, I don't want to no, talk no, about no, specific no. politics. You know, we don't we don't need to go unless and you don't have to answer that question if you don't want no, to. I can cut I, it out. I mean, I, I think this is great. I, and honestly, I, I think Daniel doesn't know what a lot of these songs are about to me because yeah. we don't talk about it. That's, and I like it that way. Like I like my interpretation of songs. Yeah. And you know, I think the only time that he's like, okay, here's how it goes in a, in a writing session. We have so much respect for each other. We really like, we have a deep connection and a love that is like decade at more than a decade. Very old. important to note that. Yeah. That this is a very longstanding creative oh, yeah. relationship. Yeah, creative relationship. And also, even if we weren't creative, we're friends. Like we, we know each other. We've gone through some crazy shit together. So there's, there's a foundation there and a trust and a respect. So when he's working, I'm like encouraging him to work and do his thing. I love what he does. I don't try to, you know, control it or put my spin on it. I'm like, dude, do your thing. If he's going in a direction that for some reason there's something in there that's just grating on me, like, I'll, I'll just say, Daniel, I'm so sorry, but we can't do that one beat or I can't have that, that one thing. And he'll be like, totally, no problem. Same thing goes if I'm singing and I'm just like oftentimes just singing. I don't know what I'm singing. I'm just trying out lyrics, picking them out of the air, right? Just trying to let go and just sing something that, that goes with what he's doing. And a lot of times, like, it just works, which is amazing, right? And every once in a while, he'll just be like, Leah, I can't do that one lyric. And a lot of times, it's just because of the sound or the word. And sometimes, it's because it's getting too specific, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So, I'm like, no problem. Let's try something else. And it works. It's like beautiful it's not an ego thing i think a lot of people go in with like i've got this worked out and it needs to be the way i see it and we're just like well we're just going to come up with something that works for both of us like we each have stuff that we do on our own so that's total freedom this is us together so it has to work for both of us the reason I asked that question is not to disobey you directly, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> but I've listened to the two uh, EPs you put out since you got back together. Yeah. And just at a listen, they don't come across as activist or as uh, political. In fact, they, they come across as like deeply emotional and evocative, and mm -hmm. they, they really make you feel things. But one thing that does not come across to me is that I'm being preached to. So that, that's, that's why I'm actually curious, because... Uh, you as the person who kind of drives the more message-based part of these songs. I'm just curious what you think is your, your most infused with a message or, or your most powerful song that's getting something across. I think Sinking Ship, probably. Ah, I have a feeling you'd say that. Sinking Ship, <laughs> to me, is extremely political. What about is it Ghosts and Images? Ghosts and Images? Yeah, that's, uh, you've got some lines in there that are, that are quite haunting. Uh, you're, it seems as though you're, you're uh, peopling a space that is also uh, that, it, that you're sharing with some ghosts. Mm. Uh, you are aware that they are aware of what they've done. And uh, you're willing to live with that, and they're willing to live with it. I've, I've found that an incredible concept. That's really cool. I mean, I love that interpretation. I, that song, honestly, has nothing to do with me. I wrote the song, but that song came from a friend of mine who, like... He had written a story at the end of a book. The book's called Shock and Awe. 
he had gone around all around the country right after the Iraq war, I guess, and was taking pictures of the just desolate towns that had been just basically abandoned and just showing you the, the, like the juxtaposition of like what's going on here and what's going on there. It's a really powerful book. And at the end of it, it's a story about his time traveling around, um, hitchhiking and he met a homeless veteran and he tells this story that just brought me completely to my knees. And it was a veteran who struggled with everything that you would imagine and didn't really want to be here anymore, but didn't have the guts to go through with it. And, um, man, when I read that story, it just, it just completely, I don't, it destroyed me. And I wrote the song and that was one of those songs that just poured out and was immediately done. And I did a little recording on my phone and sent it to him. And he was like in tears, and yeah. like it, it was just one of those it's magical things. This is this is what's great about this project, just from my very limited knowledge of it. Uh, I've spent some time with your music. I love that that song came from that book and that veteran story, but you ne- wouldn't know it necessarily listening to it. So learning that is such a wonderful thing. Yeah, cool. and I love that Tom had his own interpretation. Yeah, of yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Sinking Ship. You mentioned yeah. that perhaps being the one with the, the <laughs> most amount of message. Um, whatever you want to share about that song, I think would be great. Sure. Um, that song was at a difficult, difficult time. Um, I, my biggest struggle is feeling like, give, like, honestly, is like giving up on humanity. I have this incredible optimism and a belief in the people and people power, right? And my, at my core, there's a fear that at some point I'm going to give up because we've screwed up so badly as a, as a species, <laughs> right? So this song is basically an ultimatum to people saying like, clearly we're going down. Clearly we're on a sinking ship. Um, but we we have to turn this around and we have to do it now. And if you don't, then I want, if you're not interested in helping and being a part of the solution, I have no time for you and I don't want you in my life. <laughs> and it's a parallel exactly with a relationship that I was going through that was became very clear that the relationship was a sinking ship. And it's like either either you're going to show me that you're with me and you're going to step it up or this is over so those are the things that were swirling around in this little head during the writing of that song <laughs> uh, you also said that uh in regards to that song uh, you, you are worthy uh, worthy of love and connection and someone who truly and deeply cares about you uh, apathy is a relationship killer a planet killer apathy is what allows corruption to spread oligarchies to form exactly yeah yeah i think i think that there's so much parallel to what happens there's people are just fixated on relationships right and and finding that one and finding that healthy lasting relationship and i believe that that's really important and to be in a healthy committed like if that's if that's what you want then i i believe you deserve the healthy long-lasting healthy not toxic right and I think it's totally paralleled with 
um, the dysfunction that you see that happens in so many relationships is also happening on a societal level. Um, I don't think I'm explaining this very well, but I think you are absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that that on, and I feel that completely. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, and it and it and it affects me deeply. Mm. Cool. A conversational thread that comes up on here every once in a while, and we've kind of touched on a little bit, is like, who do you create this stuff for? Mm. It's like, do you do it for yourself, or do you do it for others, or is it a mix? And I think that's an interesting thing to talk about because some people look at, you know, creative pursuits as sort of a selfish thing. Mm. You know, I do it because I'm feeling things and I just want to get it out and it makes me feel better. And then other people do it because they want to connect with people. I don't know. It's th- This is a heavily introspective question. No, no, it's a good ever, question. Have you ever thought about that yeah. before? Because really, I mean, when you see the first band that completely blows your mind, you understand what mm-hmm. it did to you and you're like mm-hmm. oh man i want to do that to people because it's the most powerful feeling in the world um and then you have this uh, struggle with that relationship because um it, when you first start out you do want people at the shows and you want people to care and you want people to listen and the older you get that <laughs> fades and the process becomes more important um the reaction and the success you get becomes less important. Um, so we're in a good position now because if we didn't get any licensing, I mean, we would, we would still do, we would still play show or (laughs) still make music because I don't know, it seems really fun. And I like listening, like I like the process of making it. And now because music used to be everything to me, Mm. um, and now I love music, but I also love all these other things. There's just, there's a, there's like an acceptance of it and, um, not a desperation, not a desperation. And there's just a much healthier relationship with making it. And you also, the older you get, you realize that nothing is about the end result. It's always about the process, you know? Actually, I want to say something too, that, um, I had a friend, actually the same guy who wrote that book, um, Shock and Awe, where the ghosts and images came from. Uh, he said to me, because I, I, I th- he comes from the activist community, so I sometimes get this feeling of like, I'm not doing enough, right? And he said to me something like, look, just you doing what you're called to do and having the guts to do it is activism and i was like really (laughs) and it took me a while but i crunched it all through my head and i realized that you know a lot of people are not doing what they're called to do or what they feel compelled to do a lot of people just give up and take the like desk job and they they have a clear passion for this thing but they just bury it and when these folks go out and see live music and they see somebody who's in it and doing what they're called to do and it's like wow you're that's what you're meant to do thank you for doing that and for showing it actually inspires people to do what they're meant to do also it's a beautiful thing and if more people are brave enough to just say yeah this is hard. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. 
but I know this is what I should be doing. I'm not going to give up on it. If more people do that, it inspires more people to do that. And I think it's ultimately making the world better. It's a world full of unemployed musicians. <laughs> exactly. Sounds great. <laughs> but they're happy. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can't think of a better way to end the episode than on those two dueling points. Um, I, I think that this is a band that does that. And it's wonderful that you're able to do that now on kind of a, a grander platform than you were doing it 10 years ago. I love mm. that more people are being introduced to your stuff. I love that you're more at peace while you're <laughs> while making the stuff. Uh, and I love that this band is still a thing, you know, um, I, you know, you were kind of on, at least on my radar personally, when you first formed in 2005, 2006, really? and here we are That's now cool. in 2018 and you're still doing it. And you know, what a beautiful thing that is. Cool. And, and can I just say thank you for doing this? And I'll, as a musician who has quit music before and gone through crazy roller coasters of it. Yeah, this is what does it. It's hard. It's hard to be a musician and to have s- just a place like this is so awesome. And what you're doing and that you care and that you research what we've done. I mean, that's amazing. It's incredibly validating. Not that we need that, but it's just amazing and helpful and a beautiful thing to give this space to artists that you it goes both feel. ways this space wants to be used <laughs> um that's uh, this space is, is kind of my best friend so you guys also give it a reason for being so the thanks go both ways mm. this is a band that has so much Bay Area history that we didn't even get to tonight but it's been a thrill to have you on the show and we appreciate you showing us so much of what has gone into like the background into making this music so thank you so much for thank that you. Thank you. And now the music of Built for the Sea is yeah. next. Stick around for that. Stick around and listen, yeah. And once again, thank you for hanging out with us tonight, guys. Thank, thank you. you.
What's coming to you?